Well, a great big morning hello and good day to our good morning. CBN powerhouse Melbourne East family yes. and our online, online community. Campus. Hi, guys. Great to see you today. Celebration is, Sunday. It is Celebration yes. Sunday. We're We've got a lot here. to celebrate yes. today, and you can grab your seats wherever you are. I want to welcome you. I know we've got uh, members of our church who are on the road, on holidays in different parts of Australia. How great is it that you can still watch church and be part exactly. of it wherever you are? Awesome to have you tuning in. Today, as Celebration Sunday, is our Vision Builders Day where we bring our offerings and our pledge for the next 12 months yes. uh, for the for the fulfillment of the vision of our church, particularly around facilities, around current and future facilities that we have uh, for the building that we meet in here and for equipment, all sorts of different things. Very and first time yes, for Melbourne East and is. our online campus. I know, right? It's very first it's vision builders. Day. It's the it's, launch. It is a big day. Now, some exciting news. Oh, I think Melbourne's already Melbourne's already been heard, a part heard of it. from uh, Pastor Dan and Evan, so we're really delighted for you. But church, we want to just share with you today, uh, uh, just I guess the culmination of the last few months of a journey where we've been looking for a building, a permanent rented facility in Ringwood for our church. We've only been literally probably had six months of Sunday meetings. Right? Twenty-four Sundays 24 that we've Sundays met in person. We've, we've been setting uh, up since we down. launched in March of 2020. Right. So. When Danielle and I first heard from God to move, uh, to start a church in, in Ringwood, we went and we drove through the area. We sat outside a particular industrial building right in the heart of Ringwood. And we just looked at it and thought, oh, that's an awesome looking building. And I yeah. knew the, the national director of the movement that had that. And, and just, we sat there. And then over the last few months, just through a, a series of random miracles, one involving David McCracken prophesying over uh, over the church. That We've had him here in our there, church. David, who's a national prophet. Yes. Uh, someone reached out to Dan Frecker in Melbourne. It's just a, a, sort of a combination of things. We got in touch with the church that were renting that facility. And they've, that, they've made a decision just in announcing it today that that church is actually finishing up. They've come to the end of their season, uh, engaged church in Ringwood community. And so as part of what they've done in that is they felt God spoke to them to uh, let us take over the lease of the building and to give us all of the equipment that's in the building. It's a place of worship. It's ready to Very go. Very valuable equipment. Very valuable <laughs> equipment. Uh, yeah, yes. six figures worth of equipment yes. that they're donating. Generosity. No strings attached to us. Uh -huh. So in the next, uh, in the middle of August, Melbourne East, we're going to have a home. Yeah, our own building, our own, our own facility. Building. So we are so delighted. We delighted celebrate. for that. And for all of those of you who get up at four in the morning to set up, Good news, uh -huh. right? We've got a little video, a little video clip. to show of the actual yes, building. Yes, you haven't seen this yet, guys in Melbourne for our church, just a little bit of a teaser of what it looks like. So check this out. Look at the screen. There we go. 100 New Street is the address 
that we'll be moving into in the next, well, about mid-August, which will be wonderful. There's a few cool little features about that building, babe. We, we went down and had a walkthrough. The, the pastors are an amazing couple, and they walked us through, very kingdom-minded. And we had a look. It's got a commercial kitchen. Oh, it's amazing. It makes me a bit emotional watching that because it's like walking into that auditorium and just imagining God is so good. Yes. Imagining just that filled with people in Melbourne East that aren't even in church yes, yet. Exactly. Like can just see the lives that will be transformed. And that's Prophesy. faith and that's vision and that's what the dreaming for the decade is all about. Exactly. And really for, for us as one church online here on the Sunshine Coast and in Melbourne, uh, the last two years, our vision builders, 10% has gone towards the planting of the Melbourne location. And so your funding here yeah. is part of advancing yes. the kingdom of God, all of us Thank together. You. And Thank by the you end of the year, for your Melbourne, generosity. The location of Melbourne will be self-sustaining financially, which is, oh my uh, which gosh, is amazing. Amazing. So Coming out of 2020 and crazy. COVID and every all the lockdowns that we've yep. had, yep. God is still building his church. So, so now, now we're giving towards our online community and all that God's doing. So just with faith and expectation. Yes. What, what's ahead? Congratulations, so have, Melbourne yes, East. It's going to be awesome. Your own home God coming bless, come soon. On, give the Lord a great cheer for what He's doing. <laughs> yes. All of us, wherever you are. Thank you, Jesus. Fantastic. Thank you, babe. God bless. Keep, give, give my wife a big hand as well, would you? That'll be great. Thank you, Ben. You've done a great job today. All the teams, all of us who are meeting together. Uh, I do want to say at the outset uh, of this message, at the end of the service, there will be an opportunity to give towards our vision builders. Uh, I, I want to say uh, unequivocally to all of us, I'd say this every year, uh, if you're new to church, uh, just become part of the family. There's absolutely no obligation to give at any point uh, in our church. You will be loved and accepted exactly the same, no matter whether you're giving or you're not giving. So just I want you to know that. We also talk about different levels of giving. An army of faithful believers up to $2,500 a year, ground takers up to $5,000, and vision investors over $5,000. And again, these are aspirational levels for people to go, I want to stretch in my giving. And I want you to know that no matter what level you do give at, does not equal your spirituality or your value here in our church. These are just really uh, levels for people to aspire to and to work uh, towards with God. Uh, in 2000, Danielle and I got serious about giving as a couple. We began our giving journey together on a day just like this one. Uh, we owned two cars. The expensive one was a blue Toyota Seeker Corolla, and the other one was a Bommy uh, Corolla from 1973. And God spoke to us about selling the expensive car and giving that $5,000 towards the offering for the outgoing pastors of our church as they moved to Vancouver to plant another church. It was the beginning of a radical journey of faith and giving for us. In 2002, uh, our church had our very first building fund where we gave to believe God would give us a permanent rental after meeting uh, in a rented hall for 10 years, not six months, 10 years. Awesome. I love that we've broken through here and we break uh, uh, that, that flows through. And so since that moment, we personally have been giving somewhere between $5,000 and $60,000 uh, each year. To be able to do this hasn't been easy. It's not like we had cash lying around. Uh, to do this, we've personally sacrificed everything from our annual clothing budget, more of a sacrifice for Danielle than me, 
Uh, our annual takeaway food budget, one year. Our annual holiday budget, another year. We did try to sell our kids on eBay as a sacrifice, but that wasn't apparently, God wasn't into that, just, just so you know. Uh, we've put off house improvements. We've put off buying new furniture, new equipment. We've, we've sold houses to fulfill pledges uh, on a couple of occasions. Some years we've been unable to complete our pledge, and so we've rolled it over into the new year. Some years have been a real struggle, financially, emotionally, and spiritually. Uh, some years we were giving sacrificially, and it just personally felt like all we were doing was going backwards. We've learned to really apply our faith in these seasons, to stand together, to pray together, to believe together, and to declare God's promises even when turnaround has looked impossible. I remember some holidays we've been on uh, where it was just tough to sleep because of the stress around our personal finances. But as I look back over the last 20 years of this giving journey for us, I'm amazed. I honestly look and say that Ephesians 3, chapter 20 has been our overall story. And it was our memory verse last week. Ephesians 3, 20 says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Over the last 20 years, God has blessed us abundantly. In fact, exceedingly abundantly above what we thought or asked was even possible or as a Christian with a poverty mindset, even permissible. God's blessed us that much. He has caused the seed that we have sown to multiply back to us. He's fulfilled His promise to us time and time again. It's been amazing. And I've seen an outpouring of God's blessing on our life, and not just financially, but in so many ways. And as incredible as that's been in hindsight over the last 20 years, I want you to understand today that getting financially blessed has never been our why. Melbourne East, online, Sunshine Coast, giving into this vision builders has never, to get blessed has never been our why. Anyone who comes along and starts giving as a way to get rich is going to walk, is going to walk into a storm, a spiritual warfare barrage that will cause you to retreat really quickly if that's your primary motivation. And sadly, I've seen this on numerous, numerous occasions where people have learned one truth about the sowing of seed and how God says He'll multiply it back to you, but ignored the truth of spiritual warfare and taking ground. So we've never actually given to grow wealthy. That's not our aim. That's not our purpose. That's actually in God's court. And He's more committed to that for you when you seek first His kingdom than you are for yourself. Because we've had a clear and strong why, we've been able to persevere in giving through tough times. When there have been kingdom reversals, when all hell has broken loose in our personal lives, our financial lives, our physical lives, our family, we've been able to go, well, the, the why behind what we do has kept us moving forward through the dark nights, the financial setbacks, and the difficult times. So today, I want to share with you what's our why, what's my why. And I want you to understand and think about, well, why would you or should you be involved in giving? Melbourne East, I want you to think about your why. Online family, I want you to think about your why. 
I've got five reasons that I've been thinking about all this week that we give sacrificially every year and have made our pledge for this year and continue to do it. The first one's this. This church is God's idea. This church is God's idea. It's not just a good idea. It's not just a man's ego who thought that he should just start a church. It's not the result of a church split. It wasn't a selfish ambition. This church is God's idea. When God spoke to our founding pastors back in the early 1990s and he gave them a scripture and he said that I will make it glorious by the highway that runs to the sea, that people who sit in darkness will see a great light, that you'll rejoice in a harvest of all the nations. God's idea for this church was firmly planted in the hearts of those who would come. And it was passed on the baton to us, a church that would impact nations. When God spoke to me at Presence Conference uh, a few years ago about us st starting a location in Melbourne East, it wasn't my idea. I got, I got hijacked in a meeting. I, uh, God overwhelmed me with His presence with, a, with an unshakable sense that the next uh, church for us to do is to plant a church literally in Ringwood. It's like a rhema word from God. It wasn't a corporate planning meeting about where would be the best strategic place to start a church. It was a God idea. Melbourne East, you're a God idea. I want you to know. When we launched our online church service last year and appointed Teresa, it wasn't just a good idea. David McCracken came immediately afterwards and prophesied over our church about digging a deep well that would bring blessing and impact to many. Online church, you are God's idea for us. That's my first why. This church... And the, the locations that will come in years ahead is a God idea. That's my first why. My second why is this. Our dream for the decade resonates deeply within me. It messes me up. When I read or hear our dream that we wrote down and recorded, it excites me and it scares me. Sometimes I go, what the heck, you put that in writing and have published it. But, but Habakkuk says, write the vision and make it plain so that those who hear it can run with it. You know, I know the reality of this vision is, as Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, those that labor are laboring in vain. But I believe God, because this church is God's idea, this dream for the decade is God's idea as well. And it describes the kind of church that I want to be part of. When I read that, when I think about it, I'm like, that's the kind of church that I want to be part of. That's the kind of church that I am privileged to lead with Danielle. There's a, I don't know, in the words of the castle, it's a vibe. It's just the marble. It's just the vibe. It's the, it's the kind of church that we are. We're a church, we are a church dedicating to reaching lost people. It's our true north. We're in a season of revival. We're a church so passionate about making disciples that we prioritize raising leaders to make disciples. We are a leadership factory. We're a church audacious enough to believe that a prophetic word from a woman called Vicki Simpson about building nationally significant landmark facilities for the glory of God, we're crazy enough to believe that God is going to do something unbelievably radical. 
We're a church sold out to planting churches. Come on, planting in Melbourne, planting online, planting one day in Toowoomba. Here we come, planting in Harvey Bay, planting in Brisbane, planting in other places we don't yet know about. We're committed to planting churches. We're a church with a heavenly mandate to raise up entrepreneurs and influencers who will impact every sphere of our society. We believe that the church should be the head and not the tail, raising people up. We're we're the kind of church that sees supernatural things happen consistently, miracles, deliverance, and turnarounds in people's lives because we believe that's the kind of church that honors Jesus and His Great Commission. We're a church that believes that we should be helping our community practically. We should be sponsoring children in all nations through compassion. We should be giving food to those who are homeless. We should be helping those who are doing it tough. That's the kind of church that I want to be part of. That deeply resonates in my heart, and that is my why. What's your why today? What's your why? My third reason is I want to live a life that makes a difference. I personally want to live a life that makes a difference. My parents were missionaries in the Northern Territory. My grandmother was a missionary in PNG. Last week we heard of Cliff, whose parents were grandparents were missionaries in China. Now, I don't feel called to be a traditional missionary. I've got to say, I love the Sunshine Coast. But I do want to live a life on mission. I do want to live a life that's bigger than just my own comfort. I want to live a life that's bigger than just my own success. I want to live a life that makes a difference. Not a normal life, but a God life. I've been apprehended by God to live a life that's exciting, dangerous, radical, but will make an impact on people's lives. I know that one day I will stand before God. And I will have to give an account for what I did with my time, my treasure, my talent. And I want to hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to hear him say, you fulfilled my assignment for your life. I want to make a difference. And I realize that I can't make a difference alone. And you can't make a difference on your own. You're designed to be part of a a family, an army, a group of people who are making a difference in some way. And I believe to make a difference for eternal purposes is the highest way. That's my why. I want to live a life that makes a difference. Number four, I've got five. Number four is I love seeing lives transformed. Like love, love, love seeing lives transformed. Last Sunday night here on the sunny coast, we had our water baptisms. Oh, man, it doesn't get better. We're watching people, and you can literally sense the the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus Christ as they got water baptized. You, you You are watching the sparkle of hope coming into the eyes of lives that hadn't had hope. I'm like, that's that's what I'm all about watching people's lives as they are transformed progressively. Go from darkness to light, from loneliness to being loved, from being 
Literally, people in our church who were suicidal the day or two days before they came to church and met Christ, and then now they're living lives on purpose. It, it, it works for me, seeing lives transformed. It fires me up. People who are abandoned as kids by fathers, people who've been abused, people who just find themselves angry, have been transformed and are healed, loving, loved, accepted, living life on purpose. See, I, I, the first two churches of my life that I grew up in, <laughs> um, didn't really see anyone come to faith. Talked about it, hoped it would happen, but it just wasn't a reality. It was a, an intention, but it didn't happen. I remember one, I was in a church for six years, and I remember the one key salvation of six years. His name was Jacko. Jacko is a good guy. But I've seen what it is to see people who don't have a church background, who are prodigals, who once walked with God, come back to Christ, and I am spoiled. I'm, I'm messed up for the real purpose of the church, to see people who don't know Jesus. I'm spoiled for any other kind of church. If, there's one, if the Bible says there's more joy in heaven over one person who turns to Christ, one sinner who repents, then I reckon that the priority of every church on the planet should be one person, one person. If it's, if it's just one person, it's worth it. So I'm all in giving my life for lives to be transformed. That's my four. That's my fourth one. That's my why. What's your why? Online, I want you to think about it. What's your why? What are you living for that's causing you to be sacrificing? Melbourne East, if there's not a vision you're living for that causes you to give some things up, to live uncomfortable, if there's not something that's apprehending you, you're not just, you're not really living. Number five, my why. I love seeing people apprehended for their calling. I love it. I, I love people getting born again in the, the initial phase of transformation. But I love it when someone gets it. They get that. And I was re I'm reading a book at the moment. But it's, in a, it's about a cricketer who became a fa famous missionary. C.T. Help me out. Stud. That's what it is. C.T. Stud. And he was part of the Salvation Army, went to China, sold out his life. And there's a line in there where he said, uh, the work for souls is easy. We're praying for the work of souls to become soldiers. Souls to become soldiers. I love when people are apprehended for their calling. When they go, I'm not settling for a normal life. I'm going all in for the vision. I've, I'm not just living for success. I'm living for significance. I'm living to lay my life down for something greater than myself. Jesus described that as the greatest way to live. He said in Matthew 16, 25, if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. And I love it when that light bulb goes on for somebody. True life comes when I go all in and I lay my life down and I make it more about more than just me. I seek first the kingdom. People like Prue here on the Sunshine Coast who at 69 years old got water baptized and said it was the best day of my life. 
who has gone on and ever since there in the last 10 plus years has loved, served, cared for children, uh, those who are disadvantaged. She's just visited, evangelized. She has been apprehended and living the life of purpose that I want people to live. That fuels me. People like John Owen in Melbourne, down there playing the drums. John and Nikki walked into our church with their family. And after a year of looking for a church that would be home, they found our church and decided we're putting our roots down. And today John would have been drumming and Nikki's helping probably with hospitality and the kids are all serving. But they've been apprehended for a vision greater than themselves. Would have set up probably yesterday or got there early today. Hey, that's going to stop in about six weeks' time. How good is that? Good news. Just take all that set-up energy and put it into loving people. Just saying. People like Hannah McCready, who right now is helping run our online service. Hannah did an internship, and now she comes in a day a week and volunteers to be part of our online team. She's pioneering a new kind of church with Pastor Teresa, reaching people she cannot even see right now, who don't even say, I'm watching, but this could be the thread of life that's holding them together. She's been apprehended for calling. It fuels me when I see people suddenly go, I've got something to live for. I've discovered, and Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. I got born again, made new in Christ, so that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. God planned for you good works before the world was created. There's two great moments in a Christian's life. One is when we get born again, we go, and we know we're going to heaven. That's the most powerful moment. If you're watching today and you've never surrendered your life to God, if you're in the room here today, you've never actually said, I want, to be, I want a relationship with God, you can do that today. It would be the greatest moment in your life. But another great moment is when someone goes, I'm not just going to go to heaven. I'm joining the army. I'm a soldier. I'm all in for the kingdom of God. And that is a powerful moment. I'm giving God my time, my talent, and my treasure, my finances, that's what we're doing here today. That's my why. That's my five. What's your why? This morning, as we're thinking, sitting here, what's your why? why? Why would you sacrifice? Why would you give? Why would you give of your time? Why would you lay down your life? Melbourne East, what's your why? Online, what's your why? I want us to think about this. As I was praying for this moment during the week, this scripture came to mind out of 2 Kings chapter 10. It's a, it's a random kind of scripture. It's where Jehu has been appointed and uh, anointed by Elijah, a prophet. And the, the, the kingdom of Israel is being ruled by Ahab at this moment. Ahab's a crook and he, his wife's Jezebel and there's been, the, the country's turned away from God. And so uh, Elijah's come and anointed and appointed Jehu to become the future king. And he's a zealous man who's wiping out all the evil people in the country. He's got purpose. And he's riding along in his chariot, chariot on his divine assignment. They called him, a, uh, he was a madman when he got behind the wheel. Some of you know exactly what that feels like. Come on, we know who you are. And Jehu, who was riding along in his chariot, and he meets, meets Jehonadab, who's the son of Rechab, is 2 Kings 10, 15. And he greets him, and he, uh, and he says to him, because uh, 
Jehonadab and Rechab, they are men and women of God. Their family, they basically live in tents and they don't drink alcohol. Uh, my grandfather was a Rechabite. That, that was a, a Methodist group of people who once a year would live in tents and they wouldn't drink alcohol. That was part of their commitment to God for them personally. So this is Rechab, who's a man of God, and, and Jehonadab, who's his son and who's all in. But Je- and Jehu greets him and says, Are you with me wholeheartedly as I am with you? I love that question. Another version says this, Is your heart with my heart as my heart is with your heart? And that's the question I want to ask you if you're part of C3 Powerhouse and our church family today. My heart's for you. I want you to live the best life that God's got for you. I want you to discover your purpose and I want you to be blessed in every way. And my question today is your heart with my heart as mine is with yours. Because he said, if it is, give me your hand. And he got him up on his chariot. And he said, come and see my zeal for the Lord. It took him in his chariot. Jesus was described like this. Uh, the zeal for the house of God consumed him. The zeal for God's house consumed him. Would that be a description that people would make about you? Are you consumed with zeal, passion, fervor for God's people, God's house, God's church? Will you come with us? This is as we come in a few moments to bring our offerings, to make a pledge to worship God. Two things that, that I feel uh, in this particular moment that are significant. The first is this. I feel like there are some people in the church, prophetically, and uh, over the last few weeks I've heard this same analogy a number of times. And it's like, you, it's like at some point you stepped out in faith and you gave sacrificially. And you hit like a, a, a ship, you got into rough waters and it was tough. And it knocked you around. And, and you pulled back into a safe place, into a safe harbor. And you know it's safe and there's no wind and there's no waves and it's safe sitting in the harbor, but honestly, you weren't created for a safe place. You're a ship who wasn't made to sit in a harbor. You're made to take risks and step out for God. Maybe you stepped out and it didn't work. Maybe, as I described, you hit the spiritual warfare zone. Maybe things went backwards. Kingdom reversal happened. It wasn't smooth sailing. And I want to tell you today, don't be surprised if that's happened. Maybe you just need to go again, but reinforce some things in your life that will help you go the distance. I once uh, went in a demolition derby. That's where you all jump in the cars, run ride around in a, in a stadium, like a big uh, stadium, and the last car that can move is the winner. I don't know if you've ever been, like I've never, I hadn't been in a race, but I've sat in the passenger seat, which is a ridiculous idea, in a demolition derby in Niora, Victoria. And the thing is, when you're going to go into a demolition derby, they make you do a couple of things. They make you put roll bars in so that the car won't be crumpled because it's going to get smashed. And then you, in front of the radiator, you put a big metal plate in front of the radiator because the whole point, everyone drives around backwards trying to protect their engine, trying to smash into your car and to take you out. And so there's all this protection that goes in and luckily I survived and every, basically as soon as we got out on the track, everybody was trying to take us out. It feels a little bit like vision builders. When you step in to give sacrificially for the kingdom of God, you do paint a target on your chest spiritually. I want you to understand this is what happens. And you might have done that once before and thought it would just all be good. 
but you need to get some reinforcements into your ship. You need to get some roll bars. You need to do some things that will stop you. When Andrew Denton spoke with those who are vision investors in our church, those who are committed to giving over $5,000 a year, he said, if you're going to be able to sustain this and see God's blessing, you need three basic daily habits. He said, you need to write down your goals and dreams for your life so that you have a vision for your future. Now, next week, and in all of our services, we're going to focus on what's your dream for the decade. I want to help you write down a dream for your life, for your family, for your world, so you've got something that you're believing God for, like we have as a church. I want to help us something exceedingly abundantly. So, so to have a written down vision was his first. His second was if you're a couple or if you're single, just to pray together every day for married couples or for singles, find someone who you can pray together with every day so that you can have the, the, the roll bars on. And the third thing he said is to read your Bible every day so that God can speak to you, so you can navigate your way through the tough seasons. You might have stepped out in faith at one point and gone hard and got smashed and got disappointed and had a tough couple of years, but then you look back and you go, what, what can I learn from that? Did I have a written vision? Did we pray together every day? Do I hear from God and speaking to And I want to encourage us, for some people, it's time to go again. The last thing that I want to declare over our church, this is what I feel prophetically, as we step out in this vision builders, I believe, just as we've announced today, that we've got a new permanent facility in Melbourne East. That is a suddenly. I, that, that's a suddenly. That's like not something that we've been spending three, four years going after. It's really something that we prayed into, but because we broke through in, in rented facilities on the Sunshine Coast and because the church is a God idea, it just broke through very quickly for us. It's a suddenly. And I believe that we're going to see a stack of suddenlies for our church. Suddenlies with your prodigals coming home. Suddenlies with healings. Suddenlies with houses, suddenlies with family restoration, suddenlies with God showing up and doing the things that you've prayed for. I love this scripture. I'll read it to you as we come to a close. It says this, Isaiah 48 verse 3, I foretold the former things long ago. My mouth announced them and I made them known. And then suddenly, come on, somebody say suddenly right now. Come on in Melbourne, say suddenly right now. Online, just say suddenly. Suddenly I acted and they came to pass. Can I pray for us together right now? As our musicians come. Father, we just thank you for your vision. This church, it's a God idea. Lord, I'm all in and we're all in. And so I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to those of us who call C3 Powerhouse home. What would you like us to give? How would you like us to do it? Right across this room, right across Eastland in the school right now, Eastwood, at home. Would you just quieten your heart to hear God? What does He want you to give? I find in this moment, Sometimes it's the quickest prayers that God answers. Oh, really? You want me to give that? Oh, my gosh. So would you just ask, Lord, what do you want me to give?
I don't usually try and start with how am I going to do it. I just ask with an open heart. Everything I have belongs to God. When you're a Christian, you're a steward of everything. So if he says, I want you to do this, he'll help you. He'll make a way. It might take sacrifice. It might be painful. But that's what happens when you're all in. I'm going to hand you back online to Teresa, Melbourne. I'm going to hand you back to Pastor Dan there. God bless you guys. Have a great celebration together.